0: We talk a lot about various family dynamics on this show, and today Nicole is joined by her friend Karen Glasser to discuss navigating relationships with ill and aging parents. You're listening to Growth Seekers Welcome, Modern Philosophy for Abundant Living, a podcast where we discuss topics that matter for the purpose of elevating consciousness and eradicating poverty. If you haven't yet downloaded our free guidebook and bonus cheat sheet to help you revolutionize your relationships you can do so now by visiting growthseekerswelcome.com and clicking on the free gift link inside you will find a practical six-step framework for eliminating conflict and fostering healthy connections please note this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is intended for a mature audience episodes may be triggering and you are only encouraged to listen further if you are of sound mind if ever in immediate distress please dial 911 or reach out to your local emergency support service providers. Never forget that your feelings matter and that this difficult time will eventually pass. Don't ever be ashamed to ask for the help that you need. The views, opinions, and the information expressed on this program are those of the individuals involved and do not constitute professional advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This program is an extension of Nicole's life's work and if you'd like to financially support our collective mission of elevating consciousness and eradicating poverty, please consider becoming a paid Growth Seekers Welcome member. For just $1 a day, your sponsorship contribution helps us produce insightful episodes like this, plus you'll enjoy special member-only perks like events and private Q&As with Nicole. You can learn more at growthseekerswelcome.com. Your attention and support mean everything. If you receive value from what you hear, please leave a thoughtful rating and review on your preferred listening app and share the show with friends and family. Your encouragement is greatly appreciated.
1: So somebody asked me about why Jewish people sit Shiva. Actually, sorry, she did not ask me that question. That's my interpretation. She asked something that triggered me to remember sitting Shiva. And I remember when my bubby died, I was super, super young. And I remember being at the funeral and I remember going to the burial and everything. But I know I learned about it when I was young. I know I've been to Shiva from a few family members, but I left home when I was really young and I just, for the life of me, cannot remember how all that goes. And I thought, well, how perfect that like. <laughs> yep,
2: Perfect. Yay.
1: Can you talk about that, the, the Jewish tradition of when people are in mourning? And, and
2: So the word Shiva actually comes from the word Sheva, which is seven. And so Shiva is, is held for seven days. And there's a lot of sevens in Jewish tradition. The the world was created in seven days, according to Judaism. There is also seven days in the week. And within seven days after you, when somebody dies, you need to bury them before that step. So it's a lot of sevens in there. And Shiva is a practice by which after a service, a funeral service or a memorial service, people will go back to the home of the person, um, family that, died and generally since we jews like to eat uh, there's lots and lots of food and people instead of being sad they celebrate the life of the person who has passed i love that yeah i do too i I do too um and then you know sometimes the clergy person will be there sometimes not because this is not a religious ceremony per se it is more of a gathering of people who are remembering and celebrating the life of, of the person. And it goes on for seven days, but there's always, you know, examples where it doesn't. So it, that's more of a conservative Judaism, Orthodox Judaism in the reform movement. Not so much. It's not really seven days. People tend to say, I think I'll sit for three days or for four days or one day. It It is whatever is comfortable. And it's one of the things I love about reform Judaism to be frank um, is that we can, we can do what we need to make it feel comfortable for us and still um, participate in the tradition, if that makes sense.
1: Totally. I'm right there with you. I think it's so important that traditions are passed down generationally. Uh, However, I think that oftentimes we get caught up in stories from history and it creates more divide. And I think it's just beautiful to educate people about all things. Like I love AI and ChatGPT could start looking up things so much faster to help me understand how other people view the world whenever I would have a curiosity.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of right now all over the world. There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of just sadness and 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 fear and um I think that there's this impending potential war, catastrophe, whatever you want to call it, that a lot of people are afraid of. And we're looking outward and people are, I think, afraid to look inward. And that's something I really want to inspire people to do on this show is to look inward at like, how do you feel? And then look outward and say, who might have some new information about Handling this differently than I have before.
2: It's funny that you're saying that. I just, I've been reading a book um, from Byron Katie. Are you familiar? Love her. Yes. Okay. So I literally, I'm reading Loving What Is. And literally, as you know, if you look, it's the whole idea of these challenges that we experience and then asking ourselves, right, is it true? And how do we know if it's true? And it's so funny you're saying that because, in fact, That is what what I feel is happening right now, Um, and that is that I'm, I'm fearful. I would be I would be lying to you Nicole if I did not say to you I was fearful and that everything is hunky dory. I'm fearful. I, everyone I know is is feeling that fear and is feeling that uncertainty and feeling that what's going to happen because it feels like it is all over us and I know that we're recording and my dog is I don't know if you can hear this. It's perfect. You're perfect. Okay, and my dog is literally pounding on the door. Can you believe this? actually I can. (laughs) Okay. He literally pounded on me. Like, let me in. I'm so sorry. I I haven't Um, seen him in a long time. (laughs) I know. And he's like saying, you're not paying attention to me, you know, pay pay attention to me. Anyways, I I do feel that um, the whole thing with Byron Katie, it's like I did, when I picked up the book uh, about a week ago, I did not know what it was about. And so as I started to read it, that question comes up is, is is it true that what I am fearing that's going to happen in the world is it true? And if it's not true, well, then obviously you know you have to reroute your thoughts. If it is true and, and you and you know it's true, then how do you work through it? This is this is um, a challenge for somebody who has worked in the religion, the shul biz, as I like to call it, for as many years as I did, and, um, and many people thinking that just because I worked in it, that I have the answers. I don't, I don't have the answers. What I can tell you is, is what the text might say about this. But even that is not necessarily going to answer questions because the text comes from different, different times, different circumstances. And again, you have to dive in and you have to do the work and <laughs> And um, I don't know about you, there's there's too much to do the work about right now. So I, I really appreciate what you're saying, diving in, because I do think we have to go inward to to approach this, because um, it's not just the world issues that are going on. I, I have personal challenges going on. My father has been in and out of the hospital for the past two months. He just turned 90. And in my head, I... I'm concerned, um, I'm sure anyone would say rightly so, at 90 years old, being in and out of the hospital every couple of weeks, that there's a chance that um, he's not going to be with us. You know, in
1: me, I challenge you with that, Karen, because I love you. so much, And you know, you know what you get into when you deal with me. Oh, no, sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's at 90 years old. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. When. Yes. Right. And so I think everybody is dealing with that because the one thing we know when we come into this world is that we will leave this world at some point as humans, that is just the, that is the organic nature of us. And so I love that you picked up Byron Katie's book because the work is so phenomenal. I was first introduced to her about, I don't know, 20 something years ago when I was doing my coaching and I found the simplicity of her practice to be brilliant. And she used this to get herself through really difficult times. And it is something that, you know, I don't even think about because it, it just, it just made so much sense when I learned it all that time ago that we, we want to, if, if we're stressing about something, if we're spinning out about something, there's going to be something in our head. And the more we fixate on that story the more that story is going to have power. And so what's really important, I think, with stories is not only to ask ourselves, is it true internally in the head, but then to cooperate with other parties that care about us, that are going to be honest with us. That's the thing. And one of my mentors, Dr. Wayne Dyer, used to talk a lot about this, where he would talk about his kids and he had all these different kids. And he said, those kids knew who to go to when they wanted truth. And they knew who to go to when they wanted coddling and so on. And so I think we all have to surround ourselves with multiple parties who are going to give us opportunities to engage and to query ourselves and to really put a mirror to us and show us where we're fucking up, for lack of a better term, you know, because the more we yeah. do that, the more yeah. we, I, I mean, I want to be told, I people can, can just think, Oh, she'll figure it out. Yeah, eventually I'll figure it out. But how much damage is going to be done in the process, right? I'd rather somebody with love, unconditional love, says to me, hey, here's what I see. How do Mm -hmm. you feel about that? And that opens up that, that, that dialogue. And imagine if everybody could be a little bit more compassionate in that way with each other, we wouldn't even need therapy. We wouldn't need all these drugs. We wouldn't need all this, you know what I'm saying? Like we could just face each other face-to-face. I see you. I hear you. I respect you. And I'm going to listen, absorb, and then share back, right? And I actually created, I, I'm i late on uh, getting this podcast really out because Anderson, my cat, who I had lost many months before, wound up coming back, um, the 26th of December. Yay. Nice Christmas gift. And, and, uh, but he was like three hours away. And anyways, I had to go get him. And so my, my launch planning got a little sidetracked. So I haven't got this really out there yet, but, um, I'm really excited to, and along with this show, if you go to growthseekerswelcome.com, there's a free gift, which is a six step framework that I have for eliminating problematic behaviors from your relationships. And I think that it just goes right in alignment with what we're talking about here. Um, Because a lot of people, yes, you can do those. You can get all coaching is self-coaching, right? You get those books, you do that self-help. But at some point you need to step out of your head and go out into the light and say, okay, can you please be honest with me?
2: Right. And, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, my mom is 88. My dad is 90. Um and they both still work. They are vital. Even though my dad's been in and out of the hospital, he still works. He just stopped driving, not because he wanted to, but because my siblings felt that he needed to. And um that was a challenge and I find myself as the oldest of four kids. There are, were four kids born within 3 years and 2 months. Imagine that. No twins, just a lot of kids and I am watching my siblings and myself uh, reacting, dealing, conversing about this journey that our parents are on right now. And I asked my parents a couple of weeks ago what it felt like, because I wanted to know to be them, to be going through this journey that they're in whether it's uh, the ending journey or they still have lots of time because we don't know right we, we none, none of us Absolutely. know what is it like because i want to really understand what is what they feel is in their head and so that i can be a better daughter so that i can process this in a way that is i think um healthier rather than making assumptions that they feel this or they feel that. And it's opened up a conversation with my parents that I've never had in my entire 67 years of life ever. And it—it has—it it is so powerful because all I wish for my parents right now is that however long they have and however this journey goes is that they know that they have their daughter, their sons, and their other daughter here supporting them. Um, through this journey. And, and in turn, my kids can watch me do this with my parents so that they know what to do. I don't think we're taught. I honestly do not think, and I, I buried enough people in my career to tell you that we're not taught how to um, approach people dying in our lives and then what to do afterwards. We've heard, you know, there's different stages of, of, of grief That's something, okay? That's, But that's that's just a lot of words to me. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the experience. And I feel that it's my responsibility to uh, be there for my folks because I want to be and because I want to learn so that I'm gracious when I get to that point in my life and be able to be open with my children as well.
1: I'm so proud of you. I so love what you're doing. Um, I know that what you're going through right now is very difficult and is so worth it. And the way you're able to see hindsight or not hindsight, but foresight, right? It's very impactful. I remember when my father, so my father and I were estranged. Um, he has, you know, made choices in his life that were not in alignment with what I felt was safe for me. Um, nonetheless, over the years, there were many times I was called back into his life and I'd show up. And there was a time where, um he had my my brother had um what was it? I forget exactly the details the details don't matter, but apparently he was like in and out, and they expected him to be needing hospice and and yada yada and somehow I got called in and I wound up down there in georgia and um i It was just uh, lovely to see my father and to visit with him, but it was like he was, he had bounced back and everything was just kind of copacetic and it was just as toxic as ever as far as, and I just wasn't going to stick around. And so before leaving, um, you know, I, I said, all right, you know, I'm going to get going. Do you want to talk? And they've got, you know, the TV blaring and everything. And he says, no, I don't really have anything to say. It's okay. Well, I just want to make sure before I go because this is probably the last time we're going to see each other. And yeah. that he didn't like that at first. He got snippy with me and he's like, you know, you're all trying to put me in the ground. I said, no, let's be really clear. And I think this was 2017. Um, I, yeah, I was, I was like, I don't know if you remember, I think I may have just come out. I think, no, did I see you in space? Anyways, I was flying all over the place. And it was like, it was a, it was a haul. Um, anyways, I said, look, you know, you're, when you lost your, mother because he was a teenager when his mother went in for a routine hysterectomy and died on the operating table unexpectedly so did you know that was going to happen and he said of course not okay and uh is there anything you ever wondered or wish that you could have asked her or told her or wish that she would have said to you that you just knew you couldn't do now and he said of course and I said yeah okay Is and then your dad When he blew his brains out, you know, because not long after his mother died, his father committed suicide. And I said, did you wonder if you had something to do with that? If maybe your father felt like, you know, did you ever feel like you wish you could have asked him? Were you angry? Of course. I said, all right. So here's the deal, dad. We don't see each other because of your life choices. And I have come here and I continue to come. And so I will not be coming back most likely. And we already know that you will not be coming to me. So if there's anything you want to talk about, this is the time to do it. And it was really lovely. And that's not the first time I have spoken with my father in that kind of way, because we've had throughout my life multiple times where those conversations needed to be had. And so he he passed on in 2021, and it's been absolutely fascinating since um, just the the awarenesses of being in that late stage of life. And you personally were there for me, right? Cause I haven't had my own personal, like blood relatives supporting right. me through my life. And when I was given three months to live, like you were my number one person to talk to. And so I just really want, I know I'm sharing a lot of personal stuff here, but it's because how we do life, it evolves. And there's going to be seasons where we are holding it all together and we're really busy. And then there's got to be seasons where we allow ourselves to just really. <sighs> and I think yeah. for people like you and I, who are naturally workaholics because we love it and right. like the consummate overachiever and like, you know, and I mean, you've been dealing with your husband's cancer and your son's stuff right. and your, you know, you've got, and here's your parents, like very like they've lived a really long life and you get to now
2: i i do i do and and along with that though is you know my siblings are they are experiencing it differently and i'm watching them experience it they are i am i can honestly say that i am not experiencing what i'm experiencing with my parents in fear it is not fear at all right it is it feels like an honor to be i'm going to get emotional. It feels like an honor to be on this journey with them. My siblings are really fearful. They are really, really fearful. Um, every action that they're taking or think they're going to take, instead of finding out what my parents would like, because as I said, they it's not like they're um, incapacitated. They're they're totally know their own mind. They are guessing what my parents need. You need twenty four hour help? Well, no, they actually don't. Mm-hmm. Um you need to do this. You need to do that. and And that, you know, as i as I say those words out loud, you hear them, obviously. it's them. it's it's those. They think they are they are responding with their fear instead of saying. And so I've spent the past couple of months over and over saying to my siblings, instead of guessing, why don't you ask them?" Because they will say, "Well, I don't know what they want," and I we'll say, "That's because you haven't asked. All you have to do is ask. Because they'll tell you, and it's as simple as that." But I feel sad for my siblings, and again, that's an emotion, and there's nothing I can do about that. But you I got to feel it. You got to feel it. Totally feeling yeah. it. I feel sad for them because all they're going to have is this, in the rest of these years, unless they have a light bulb that goes off, is they're going to remember this fear that they had for the rest of my parents' life instead of enjoying and, and um, which I am doing, you know, I'm literally, and it was hard. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm like this amazing person. Cause I'm not. Yes, you but are. But I, we're all a thinking. work in process. We're all a work right, in progress. Right. right. But I made a choice. I, I, I made an actual choice because I understand this probably better than my siblings do. Because as you mentioned, my husband is a two-time cancer survivor. And I have gone through the fear with that. And I had to make a choice with that as well. So I understand what my mother's going through with my dad being in and out of the hospital where my siblings don't. And so I actually said to my mother, all you have to do if you need to talk about this is to call me. I said, I will laugh with you. I'll cry with you. Whatever you need me to do, I'm there to listen. Because sometimes you just need to be able to say how you're feeling. And it's all about feelings. And that
1: is the bottom line. That's all, folks. That is it. That is absolutely when somebody is in pain, when somebody is in crisis, what do they want? To feel safe. That's it. They want to feel a little relief. And if we can be that party, right? If we can hold on to our stuff, like it's not that we can't feel, we have to feel our stuff, but we can contain it and then process it. You get to choose how to behave and how to act in any given circumstance
2: and right.
1: when we I mean I will lately because you know once you've passed the death mark everything else is gravy you know like this is a right. bonus right. Life. I'm like every day is a new day so I'm gonna try shit out like I've been doing all kinds of crazy games and stuff <laughs> but um it is really just when you when you feel like you have everything in the world to lose, you do. And when you realize that you have everything in the world to gain, you do. And it's really right. just a matter of perspective. And it's hard to be with parents. And it is hard to be with siblings. And it is hard to be with children. Right. Like there is, right. There are no relationships more challenging than those familial ones. However, right. you have to respect the person going through it or you're going to spend years in regret.
2: Thank you. <laughs> and that is that again, and I, 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 I do not say that my, my siblings are wrong. They're just experiencing it how they're experiencing. It. And as I said, I'm just more sad than anything else because I, I do hope that they wake up and, and realize that every day that goes by is one less day that my folks are going to be here. Because as you said, it's not a matter of If it's when, and you know, it could happen tomorrow. Well, hopefully
1: it will not happen tomorrow. And hopefully this, uh, I, I will actually get off my butt and get a little move on. And hopefully, um, you'll be happy to share this episode with them. And maybe this will be a value for them to just listen on their own and, and receive because oftentimes it feels scary to quote, confront our siblings or our friends or anybody about something And when people's emotions are high, they can't receive in the same way that they can when they're kind of third party listening. So hopefully, I don't know if it'll help your siblings, but I know it'll help somebody listening.
2: Well, here's, here's the thing. I mean, the pandemic is, you know, Mm -hmm. since 2020 and my family was never that close, even though it would appear from the outside that we were very close, you know, there's six of very close when the pandemic happened. Um, and I've never, I never had COVID. Everyone in my family has had COVID except for my husband and I, we have not Me neither. Had and <laughs> and I came, partly, didn't
1: I come to see you during COVID? Yeah, I was visiting. Yes, yeah, you did. Yeah.
2: yeah, you did. Actually, you did. Um, and w- we've been very careful and I will continue to be careful because my husband is immune comp- immunocompromised. And we will always be careful. Um, oh my gosh, I just completely lost my train of thought.
1: Um, you'll always be careful, but you're not going to live in fear
2: is where you were going. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to live in fear. Um, no, but there was something I can't remember what I was going to say, but again, I, I really think, oh, I know what I was going to say. So during this, this time, I, who had never been close to my family. In fact, I, my say, I used to say all the time, you can pick your friends, you can't pick your family, unfortunately. And so when the pandemic came, I realized I, I, almost immediately how precious life was because people were dying all around me. And so I decided that I was going to take it upon myself to do a weekly Zoom with my family. Now, a lot of people did that in the beginning, right? And then they stopped. We continued to do it almost up until now, weekly. And we got very, very close. My, my parents, my, my siblings, you know, Karen, you're the one who held us all together, blah, blah, blah. And then my dad got sick. And they all wanted to do what they wanted to do. And I didn't agree. And in very calmly, I said, I do not agree with what you are trying to do. I really encourage you to talk to mom and dad and find out what they would like. But you need to you need to be on your journey and do what you feel you need to do. And it has caused a riff. It has caused a riff but i do believe it will all come back together because i you know my family is my family and we love each other and i just again i i hope that they come into this they come out of the fear and start listening and start being there for the joy of my parents at this whatever time they have that's my wish
1: thank you so much. I love it. It's my wish for you too, and for them. Thank you so much for chatting me about all this. <laughs> you're
2: welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I hope that our, I hope these conversations and what you're doing, Nicole, with all of these conversations, they're so important. I think people just have to start talking to one another. And so, thank you for what you're doing here.
1: My pleasure. It's a beautiful joint effort.
0: It is. Deep topics today, but I think Karen and Nicole kept the mood light and shared a lot of useful tidbits that we can all apply in some way to our own lives. What were the biggest ahas for you from this episode? We'd love to hear what comes up, so join us in the private Growth Seekers Welcome membership community or share it with us on the socials using the hashtag GrowthSeekersWelcome. If you receive value from this episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with friends and family who might also benefit from the wisdom expressed. Your thoughtful rating and review is always appreciated as it helps conscientious growth seekers like you find our channel. Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you soon at GrowthSeekersWelcome.com. Until next time, peace be with you.